people that we got plenty of if you don't mind tell storm there's plenty of seating if those people would like to fill in tell that they don't have to stand in the back because they want to
stand and worship. Well, there's a blessed time that's coming, coming soon. Well, it may be even morning or Typically, we uh, try to take up a love offering uh, on behalf of CLM and help them uh, by being a part of that team uh, here in the, in the uh, Berkeley County area. And so we do our offerings a little bit differently here uh, around our church. Uh, we actually have it together where you bring your offerings unto the Lord, but it also gives you a moment to get out of your seat just for a second. Maybe you got somebody beside you you haven't got to say hello to yet. So we're going to pray over this offering, and then we're going to ask any of you that would like to give. They would please bring it. If you can't bring it for whatever reason, if you'll just put your hand up, these ushers will come and serve you and help you. But I want to pray over the offering today. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray over the gift and the giver. We pray for those that have to give and those that may not have to give. We pray that you would bless this offering, Lord. Let it be for the advancement and the upbuilding of your kingdom. And we will forever give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And the people of God together said amen. Amen. Will you bring it at this time? God bless you.
Graduation Sunday uh, for CLM. Uh, various times throughout mm. the year, they use various churches to help be a part of uh, their graduating ceremonies. And uh, a couple times, Pastor Tommy and his staff, and uh, Pastor Tim and others have, have allowed us to be a part of that. And uh, so we're going to give a few minutes for them to share what's going on with CLM, and then we'll come back here in just a moment and lead us in one more congregation, uh, How Great Is Our God, along with How Great Thou Art, to celebrate what's happened in the lives of these graduates today, because it is only by the transformational power of Jesus Christ that we're here. If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be here. And uh, it doesn't matter what road you had to go through and how many detours you took. He got you here, so he's the same way maker that you have to follow. So we're going to at this time turn it over uh, to Pastor Tommy Turpin, who's going to come. He's the Communications Relations Director at CLM, and he'll give us further instructions this afternoon. God bless you at this time. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Well, good evening. evening. Are you all excited to be in the presence of the Lord tonight? Man, me too. This is a great turnout. You know what? Look at the person next to you and say, Jesus changes lives. Amen. That's right. So it doesn't matter if you're here and you struggle from an addiction. Is it not on? What did I do? Okay. Whether you're struggling from an addiction or, or drinking or anything like that, is that better? Perfect. That's going to be a tough thing for me. We all struggle from some, from, from something uh, of one form or another. So this evening, if you've come to um, to seek out help, if you've come because you're struggling with something, whatever that may be, there is forgiveness here tonight because Jesus can save anyone, anywhere, anytime from anything that he wants. Amen? Amen. Amen. So listen, I'm excited because... I get to thank everybody for, for all their help with Change Lives Ministries, and it's getting to be where I have to actually write them down. I know it's shocking because my mind is a steel trap, but one of the reasons um, I'm so grateful is because I came through this program about five and a half years ago. I was a hopeless, drunk, sinful, wicked life, and Jesus d- decided to deliver me. For my sins right here at Change Lives Ministry. So then I was blessed to be, uh, be uh, asked to be on staff. And, and God's blessed my life with a family that's just wonderful. Um, and many other things uh, that he's blessed me with. But that's because of the people 
that work at Change Lives Ministries and the relationships we have. So I would like to thank um, everyone tonight. I want to thank Pastor Jonathan and Sancy Circle Church of God. Give them a round of applause, y'all. They have come alongside us the last couple years and just really poured into us uh, as a ministry, uh, not only with their prayers and financially, but but with their time and energy. So thank you guys for that. Um, I also want to thank our board of directors uh, for all that they do. We have an advisory team that, that helps out with the women so much. We have wonderful biblical counselors. Uh, all of our volunteers, we have a CLM, our new resale store. I want to thank them. I want to thank Mike and Lisa and Miss Kim and all the men and women who helped there and have made that a, a, a blessing, not only to CLM, but to the community. Um, all the women that, men and women that do devotions. Let me see y'all's hands. If you do a devotion in here, Danny, you don't have to stand up tonight. We'll let you sit. But anybody else, let me see if you've done devotions for us. All right. Thank you so much. You're a blessing. Uh, let's see here. Uh, give them a hand. Thank you. And all of our area churches, individuals, businesses that, that support us with prayer, financially, time, talent, and gifts, and energy. We thank you so much. Also, very important, we want to thank our staff, the men and women that help guide, lead these men and women through their addictions, through the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. But thank them so much because they do this for very little money, if at all. And they do it with loving, kind hearts. So they give back what they've been given. So thank you, staff, both sides. Give them a round of applause for that. So we just recently had our grand opening for the store. Who's been to the new store? Show of hands. All right. Let's clap for that one. Show of hands. There we go. Um, it's so far been a wonderful success. God has blessed that uh, with our workers, the, 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 y'all's donations that y'all bring there are so important to us because uh, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I can't support financially, but when you bring stuff, your, your, your clothes, uh, appliances, all of those things that we can sell, that is supporting us financially. We turn that into a, a value. So thank you for all of that, and we look forward to seeing you. We also would like to ask if you are capable or you feel in your heart that you'd like to volunteer at the store we could really use some volunteers so if you have a couple hours or a day and you'd like to go and volunteer at the store please come let me tell you just from experience it is a blessing to be there it's a ministry in its own you won't be you don't leave there i don't ever leave there and be like can't wait to get home. No, no, you go in there. We'll pray for you. Y'all pray together. It's, it's wonderful. So if the Lord puts that on your heart, um, see Miss um, Kim or, or Lisa or myself. I'll get you in touch with the right people. So thank you all for that. The men's ministry campus is, I'm not giving you a date because I don't know it. But it's soon. I know that. It's getting there. So don't put me on record with the date. But it's coming. And guess what? It's, it's going to be wonderful. The, the, the um the amount of uh, quality work that's been put into that uh, and, and people's hearts that have donated uh, services and, and at-cost things has just been a blessing. And, and we are grateful to be able to get in there. So we look forward to having something uh, to, to commem commem commemorate that time. Now, what I'm excited about coming up is our annual golf tournament. Nobody else is excited but me? 
I'm the worst. Yeah, there we go. I am the worst golfer in the room, and I'm excited. This year is a special one. This year is going to be uh, this. There will be a memorial golf tournament uh, in memory of Dr. Michael Hill, who we call Doc, who went home to be with the Lord just a short time ago. He served on our board of directors for 15 years. Very just wonderful man. Can't say enough nice things about him. So that's going to be uh, the, the, the title of that. All the proceeds we make go to Change Lives Ministries. So we're asking for uh, whole sponsors. You don't have to be a business. You can say, hey, man, I want to sponsor a whole. We won't turn you down. Just bring your money. So that, that's one way. Um, but listen, this is a good time. I play golf once a year. I am terrible, and I look forward to this every year because it's such a good fellowship time and um, good food, too. So uh, Danny, he's all right to hang out with as well. So thank you for being my partner. Um, so anyways, we're looking forward to that. And listen, we also need door prizes for that. So if you have anybody that you might know that wants to donate door prizes, that would be fantastic. All right. This will be the last event that I'll publicize tonight. October 16th, we will have our fall community revival brought to you by the Low Country Ministers Fellowship Fellowship of Ministers. <laughs> Anyways, it's going to be October 16th through the 19th, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And this is going to be a very special one. All the, all, the, all the love offerings and stuff go to benefit CLM. But also, I think it's the first time I've seen in my five years here that we've had a testimony. Kevin Churchill will be doing his test, sharing his testimony at that evening's service. So we're excited about that. We'd like you all to all come out and support that week and those nights. Um, and we are looking forward to that. So thank you for praying for us special services that bring revival. All right, and this is one thing I want to say, and then I'm done, really. We have been blessed by, by this amazing growth that God has just blessed us with and these opportunities, and it, we're growing fast, and, and we're, we are following God's will as he leads. But, there, but there's a reason, and I don't want us to ever forget the reason. And the reason is wrapped up in our mission, which is to reach the lost and restore lives. We know that we have to grow in order to keep up with this pandemic of drug addiction. I said pandemic because it is. We have got a message that saves lives, changes lives, and we feel like we need to share it with everyone involved. And not just to get people sober. That is a focus, no doubt. But we are advancing the kingdom of God. People are getting saved. Their families are getting saved. Their relatives are getting saved. They're going back to work. The community is being uh, improved by that. So we are trying to be able to share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with everybody we can. So as much as we're growing, never take the fact that this, our relationship with y'all as churches, as individuals, that is, we need that as strong now as ever. Because together, this community can overcome this problem we have. I guarantee it. Because our God is an awesome God. And he does not disappoint. If he tells us to go out and rid this place of drugs and alcohol, then guess what? That's what we're going to do. If it's one person at a time, that's what we're going to do. We want to continue to grow so that we can continue to bring that message to hurting and lost people. I thank you for that. And Jonathan, we're going to go into a time of worship. 
Well, we're going to actually segue and let the graduate continue. We'll bring up uh, okay. the introduction, and then Pastor uh, Tim and Jerry will finish that all out. All right. This time. It's a pleasure to call Miss Catherine Jackson up. As Come on, Catherine. Or Cat. I remembered my shoes this time. Uh, so I'm Kat Jackson. I'm one of the managers of Change Lives Women's Ministry. I actually went through the program myself two years ago, and after 17 years of addiction, I'm two years sober this month. So, so I'm, I'm proud to introduce Alyssa Roselle, or E, or Little Bit, as, we, as I call her. She has a special place in my heart. In fact, she's one of the few people I don't mind hugging. So she is a returnee to our program. A few months ago, three different people called me about Alyssa, two from our homeless ministry, and then the, pa the pastor from the Hope Project telling me, you've got to get this girl back in here. Not long after that, Alyssa called me herself, and I could hear the desperation in her voice. She was homeless and needed help, and I was proud of her for the humility it took to admit that and come back. Psalm 69:33 says, For the Lord hears the cries of the needy. He does not despise his imprisoned people. She wasn't in prison at this time, but she was bound by the chains of her addiction. This time in the program, I've seen a real change in Alyssa. Last year, there were certain areas she was afraid to touch on and deal with, but this time she confronted her issues head-on and surrendered each area to God so the Holy Spirit could transform her heart and mind as she accepted the call to submit, as it says in Romans 12, 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs in this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I believe she did that this time, and I believe she will be successful this time in her recovery as she continues to surrender and stay focused on Christ. She's been our senior student for about seven weeks, and we are all so grateful for her servant's heart. So my second love in ministry is homeless ministry. About a month into her program, I took her with me to do homeless ministry. And the camp we went to, she had been in just a few weeks before. I often tell the girls that God rescues us so that we can rescue others. Just as it says in Jude 1, 23, we are snatching others from the fire. She is truly living that. She has volunteered to work in the kitchen several weeks, and they, we are thankful for that because that girl is, will be cooking like a boss. <laughs> yep. I'm thankful for her help personally, such as shopping with 10 girls. My anxiety can run high, and she has a calming effect, reminding me it's not that big of a deal. God's got this. She is a huge encouragement to me and all the girls in devotions and in the house. I know God is going to use her to do great things. And he's going to do great things in her. I'm proud of you, girl. Come on up. My name is Alyssa Roseau. 
I'm 24 years old. I'm from Adams Run, South Carolina. This is my second time through Change Lives Ministry. This time, everyone kept asking me, why did you come back a second time? To answer that question, it is because I did not fully surrender everything to God the first time. There were parts of my life that I would not give God full control over. One of those areas of my life was my daughters, Haley and Brindley. I tried to reestablish a relationship with my daughters too soon and on my own self-will. That did not work out how I imagined it would. Another area I didn't even want to talk to God about was my sexual immorality. John 3:19 through 20 says, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. That was me, choosing what sins I wanted to expose and what sins I wanted to hide. Instead of bringing them to God and asking him to help me with them, but everything done in the dark will eventually come to the light. I knew I had a drug addiction, but I didn't want to face my other self-focused sins. First Timothy 1.16 says, But God had mercy on me, so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. That is why I'm, I am here tonight. Let me tell you all about what God has done for me between last year at CLM and this year. Last year, I barely saw my daughters and missed their first days of school because I was in CLM. This year, by the grace of God, I was able to attend both of their graduations from pre-K and kindergarten. Last year and part of this year, I was homeless. Now I get to feed and minister to the homeless in our community. Last year, I was in jail for two felonies. This year, both of my charges got dismissed, and now I write to girls in jail and try to help them get into CLM. Last year, DSS opened a case against me. This year, they closed it, and I get to see my daughters. None of this was on my own strength. None of this was on my own strength. I had to finally surrender all parts of my life to God, the good, the bad, and the ugly. After reaching out to Kyle Kiner, Danielle Dink, and Chad Logan, I was able to get back in touch with Kat and Barbara and get a second chance at CLM. Thank you to all who played a part in letting me come back here. Once I humbled myself before God, he started to move in ways that we as humans can't. During my time at CLM, this verse kept coming up. Matthew 6:33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. For me, putting God first, then others, and then myself was especially hard. However, the more I practiced doing it, the easier it got. Now I don't do anything without consulting God about it first. I want to read you all something I wrote since I've been at CLM this year. And if you know me, you know how much music means to me. Do you believe in the things you can't see or believe God can really set you free? Well, I'm here to tell you Christ died for you and me. Even the worst of us can be redeemed. You can start by asking God to forgive you because all the bad can be wiped away and be made new. Once he sends his Holy Spirit to live inside of you, your perspective of life will change and it's a beautiful view. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Christ died for us out of love, and this I know is true. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, too. From then on out, God will carry you through. As Psalm 32, 5 says, Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. That is the difference between this time at CLM and last time. I finally faced my, myself in the mirror and surrendered to God, brokenhearted and heavy burdened. I thought I was dead in spirit, but my God raises the dead. 
Second Corinthians 1 9 says, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. This time, my knowledge of God has now moved from my mind to my heart. And what a difference I can feel. I want to say thank you to everyone who is a part of Change Lives Ministry, the board of directors, the advisory team, the resale store staff, Mr. Mike, Miss Lisa, Miss Kim, Miss Becky, all my church family from Santee and Victory, Mr. Jerry, Pastor Mickey and Miss Zeta, Jackie and Tammy Blackman, Pastor Chris, Steve Meadows, Keith Griggs, Dr. Reed, Miss Doris, and all the volunteers who come in to do devotions with us, and all the staff at the women's ministry. Miss Barbara, Miss Kat, Pam, Jenny, and Miss Xavier. And a special thank you to all my sisters at the Hannah House. I love y'all. I want to say a special thank you, though, to my grandma. If it wasn't for you, I would have not made it this far. But above all, without God, I would not be standing here today. And even though my daughters could not be here tonight and my dad is in heaven, I want to personally thank all of you for coming out here tonight to support me. It means more than you could ever imagine to me. I did not do this on my own. All praise and glory goes to God. So when the Lord asks who will go for me, I will say like Isaiah 6, 8 says, here am I, send me. Thank you all. For that powerful testimony. Thank you so much. Um, Pam, you want to hold the mic while you do it or you got it? All right, here we go. Hi, I'm Pam, and I just want to tell you I am so, so thankful to have sat in a seat and watched you grow in Christ for the last 13 weeks. It was truly a beautiful thing. Um, this is to certify that you, Alyssa Roselle, has successfully completed a 13 week Christian rehabilitation program of Changed Lives Ministry. You attended Bible classes studying scriptural boundaries of basic Christian doctrine and have professed Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You performed all duties and assignments required in a structured environment and displayed a Christ-like attitude toward your peers while attending this facility. We recognize your accomplishments by presenting this certificate of recognition on the second day of October. So proud of you. You can stay. You can stay. And now, the man, the legend, Jerry Leitner, would you come on up? I see that. Oh, what a crowd. Nice to have you all out. Little sister. I believe this is that egg you've been asking me about. Uh, first of all, we have this little one I'd like to explain to people, and, and supposed to get her name on it, and we have a basket that we uh, put these eggs in, and, and we pray over them, and, and prayer's what it's really all about, because we all need prayer in some way or another, and especially those that are still struggling and fighting with addictions. So we ask for that you do them. Now, this... This large one here, we have uh, as as a souvenir. <laughs> she wants me to put polyurethane on this too after everybody gets done signing. But uh, 
if you partner with us uh, and say that you'll pray for these folks and and uh, like I said we all need it and so that uh, after this is over you can just put your initials or your signature on them saying that you'll pray and when she puts it to first place she sees it in the morning and last place she sees it at night so in the morning looking forward to her day she can look at that egg and she can lift up the names for those that are names are on it and at the end of the evening if it's been a bad day she can always look at that egg and ask the lord to put it her on the hearts of those who signed the egg now you may ask why an egg well the egg is just representation of the of the covering and the protection that we have throughout the ministry and within that covering within the ministry is all that they need to, to grow and to, and to thrive but today is the day that she hatches out and now she could hatch out as a chicken or she could hatch out as an eagle you know a chicken just sits around in the barnyard and picks at the scraps that the world throws at it but in Isaiah 40, we're called to mount up on wings like eagles and soar above the storms of life with a sharp eye looking out for the things that's going to disrupt our So with all that in mind, I present this egg to you. And uh, please uh, get with her and uh, sign it or put uh, your initials on it. And I uh, thank you. Thank you, Jerry. We'll segue back into another portion of our uh, worship service this evening. And I would just like to say that um, Pastor Jonathan, in the last couple years, has uh, come alongside me. And he tries to uh, help me and guide me in some of my sermon preparation, delivery, and that stuff. So I'll read him my sermons usually. And he'll say, well, why don't you try it like this? Read it like this. And I'm like, oh. Man, your way is so much better than mine. Can I use yours? And he's like, sure. So he's very, very, um, uh, he puts up with me. And uh, together, we're both a lot <laughs> together. And uh, very special, um, God's special children. So, I mean, it's just a very humbling but uh, honored to be able to introduce Pastor Jonathan. And thank you for all you do. We love you. Stand back all over the house and let's sing together. We declare how great is our God. Won't you sing with me?
if you can. God bless you. You may be seated. Band, thank you so much. Let me say as pastor of this house to my band and staff that deals with my craziness all the time, I am so thankful to my band staff. We had a couple of our drummers had to be out due to working the storms up in the north area, but uh, Pastor Chris PC from Victory filled in for me tonight. I caught him on last night. Didn't he do a great job for such a short man? Yes. We actually had to we actually had to adjust the seat because he couldn't reach the pedals, but uh, he made it. Praise the Lord. Let me say to you, uh, let me say to you, uh, as you're turning in your Bibles to Genesis chapter four, I won't keep you long till lunch tomorrow. Uh, but uh, now, Pastor Tommy got up here and, and uh, kind of put me on the spot. He said, "I just want to let everybody know that." Pastor Jonathan, he's been really helping me with my sermons, and he's he's been really helping me, you know, figure out. And I, I thought to myself, if you've heard Pastor Tommy's sermon and it wasn't good, you're going to blame me. I don't like that. I don't like that. If it's good, then it's all mine. I did it. If it's not good, I didn't have nothing to do with that one. I didn't do anything with that one. No. Pastor Tommy has been a good friend. He and some of these other guys, Pastor Chris and others, are part of our Low Country Ministerial Fellowship Alliance together. Um, we have so much fun together, and uh, as he mentioned, October the 16th, uh, we are in our Low Country Revival. It will actually be held at Victory Baptist, where Pastor Chris serves. Uh, Pastor Tommy will be preaching, I believe, Sunday night, along with CLM. And uh, if you have nothing better to do uh, on Wednesday night, uh, don't come, because I'm preaching. So find something better to do, okay? So so uh, they put me at the end. I didn't even get to vote. I sat at the end of the table, didn't say a word, and they were like, you're preaching Wednesday night, right? I said, no, 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 let God, let the Lord have his way with somebody else. They said, no, let the Lord have his way with you. And uh, so um, I'm the baby of the group, so I don't get a vote. I just get to sit and listen. Um, I, am, I, am, I am the youngest of the, of the herd. <laughs> yeah, but I, listen, I, if I'm dying, you're dying with me. We're going out with this thing together. Sister Jill, I said, hey, well, look, let's, you know, Tommy said, well, Jill sing one night. I said, that's a great idea. She can't vote. Let her just go ahead and sing tonight. So, so uh, she's going to be a part of that as well, and we're so glad. And, uh, Brother Tommy said a while ago, he said, you know, Pastor, him and I, uh, we get ourselves in trouble a lot. Um, we do. If you don't believe it, ask Jill. She'll tell you. Um, any of you bored, you can always also go to my Facebook page. I gave you an updated weather report of Hurricane Ian. 
uh, from the Low Country. Uh, it is worth the content. It is not going to tell you about real weather, but it will change your life. Just going to tell you that right now. It will change your life. But uh, we're so excited uh, to be able to host CLM tonight to Pastor Mickey White, all of the leadership and staff of uh, CLM. Uh, let me say to you, thank you for putting your confidence in us to be a part of tonight's uh, celebration with you guys as well. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be again reading in verse number 1. Uh, I know it might be a little difficult for some of you because of the way you're seated, but I'm going to ask you to stand, if possible, for the reading of the word just to honor the Lord. I know that may be a little challenging for some of you, but uh, we're going to ask you if you can to do so at this <clears throat> at this time. Now Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And she bore again this time his brother Abel, and Abel was keeper of sheep, and Cain tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit unto the Lord from the ground. Abel also brought the firstborn, don't miss that, of his flock and the fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he, re- but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. But the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do so well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, well, sin lies at your door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Let me just pause there just for a second. The whole purpose we're here tonight is to celebrate how sin no longer holds us captive. It may knock at the door, but you don't have to open the door. You can keep the door closed sometimes. Now Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother, and he slew him. And the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said to him, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. I want to talk to you just with this question. How did we get here? How did we get here? Father, to the very best of my ability, I pray that you help me to preach the word of God to the people of God just for a brief moment. Help us to hear from heaven and help us to hear from you. Hide me behind the cross and let you only be seen and glorified. Let us not just be hearers of this word, but doers of it there likewise. And we will forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name. And the body of Christ together said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you listen fast, I will preach fast tonight. Because uh, two things. One, I'm, I'm tired. I've already preached once today. I'm, I, my, my church makes me work twice as hard as some of the other churches in town. They make me come preach twice in the same day. And uh, and uh, and I'm hungry, and so uh, that's a recipe to get a preacher to shut up because he's hungry. So, um, and my wife made uh, peanut butter balls, so if you touch them, I will hurt you. Um, so I need to get back there before you do. Uh, we're obviously here to celebrate what's going on in CLM and the ministry of CLM, but I wonder, I don't want you to answer this question because I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I wonder... If, if I were to ask this question, how many people could actually answer this question? If there's ever been times in your life that you get to a place that you look back and go, how did I end up here? How did I end up getting here? And so tonight I want to take you just on a journey. You know, the story of creation to me is so fascinating. Day one, you have this, this idea of light and darkness being created in solar, the solar system, what we know of, of light and darkness. By day two, you see there is, there's water and firmament. And there's land mass. By day three, you see where the land and the waters begin to divide and separate and make what we know as continents in the world. You get trees. You get grass. You get fruit. You start seeing herb-bearing plants. By day four, you see sun, moon, and stars and solar systems and the galaxies being displayed in the heavens. 
Day five, creatures of the sea and flying creatures of the heavens are created to, to navigate and have dominion of those specific areas. By day six, you see land animals. You see humanity as we know it created. And, and, and the Bible said that everything was good to God till he got to man, and he said it was very good. In fact, the Bible says that God spoke everything into existence except you. Go back and read it. He spoke light. He spoke animals. He spoke darkness. He fashioned man. There's a distinct differentiation. See, what I want to remind somebody tonight before we get too far is, is yes, God sometimes can speak to your situation, but sometimes God wants to get hands-on in your situation. God doesn't always want to just be heard. He wants to be felt. He wants to be experienced. He wants to have that's what That's what CLM and other ministers, that's all about. It's not about just telling you about Jesus. We want you to experience Jesus. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Sometimes in our lives, we don't want to just hear a faint voice in the darkness. We want to feel a touch in the room with us in that moment. God formed and He fashioned us and He made us. However, we know the stories. Sin entered into the world. It was introduced to the world in the form of doubt and deception. And we see that mankind begins to be excommunicated from the garden of perfect tranquility and peace. And when they get out of this garden of perfect tranquility and peace, they have to till the ground. And Adam and Eve, the first man and woman of biblical record, we see that they begin to have children. Their children are being born in a society that is already sinful and sinful carnality. We, are, we still today birth children in a sin-sickened state. We are, the Bible says that we are none righteous. No, there's not one. We all enter into this world in a sin-sickened state. We all needed a Savior. Now, whether you took a detour to get through CLM to find Jesus or you got saved at three years old at a backside road Baptist church or a backside road Pentecostal church, however you found him, but we all needed Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus, one day you're going to wish to God you didn't know who he was. Trust me. The reality of it is we get to that place. Sin is already there. And at this point, the intersection of history is where we find the underlying question that so many people keep asking themselves. So many people find themselves when they hit rock bottom. When I've had the opportunity to share it, the men's house or at the Hannah's house, we've talked about this before. Lots of people, when they hit what I call or consider rock bottom, oftentimes they'll look back over their life and go, how did I end up here? This was not the plan. I had a plan to be a doctor. I had a plan to be married with children by now. I had a plan to have a successful career. And somehow along my way, they'll find themselves at a point. They'll go, this was not the plan. How did I get here? Well, I want to tell you that sometimes we don't always understand how we got there. But I want to leave you with some hope and let you know it doesn't so much matter how you got there. It's where you're going to go once you find out there it's where you are. You can't stay in the same place but for so long. you got to get up. The prodigal son, he ended up in the pig pen, but he had an epiphany that said, this is probably not where I belong. And he got up and went home. If he had never went back to the father's house, he'd still be handling out slop to the pigs. He had to come to the realization, this is not where I belong. Can I tell you as the child of God that is formed and fashioned fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God, sin is not where you belong. A lifestyle of sin is not where you belong. But whether you go through CLM or a Baptist church or a Pentecostal church to find Jesus you belong in the father's house the father is still standing at the door waiting for you to pick yourself up and say I need to find how to get back to him I got to get back to him so I want to point out a couple things to you we first of all we see that Cain and Abel have the same surroundings they have the same mama and daddy 
They have the same upbringing. I mean, Cain and Abel were raised by the same parents. They attended the same school. They went to the same youth group, and they had the same youth pastor. They had the same pastor. I mean, they had the same life. But when you start becoming religious rather than relational, you'll forget the reason why you exist. Religion doesn't save you. Religion condemns you. Religion's the law. Relationships gives you grace. And the reality of it is the more you define religion, the closer you'll walk against the judgment by the law. But the closer you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he fulfilled all elements of the law, and he'll make sure he gives you grace and mercy to enter into the kingdom. Religion won't save you. I've often said religion won't save you. But a relationship with Jesus Christ will forever change your life. They have the same surroundings. Can I tell you that there are people, they can have all the right ingredients. They can have the right family. They can have the right friends. They can have all the right ingredients and surroundings, yet people still have different outcomes out of that. You can go to the same youth group. You know, most of you know Pastor Tommy's story, and he and I have shared many days over lunch about things. I mean, Pastor Tommy doesn't have a bad life story compared to, in terms of his family and his mom and dad. His dad's a pastor. I mean, he, he was raised in church. I mean, he knew. He knew what to do. And there's probably countless others that went through that same church that maybe they didn't walk the same road Pastor Tommy walked. Maybe they had families quicker. Maybe they went into ministry. Maybe their lives took a different pathway. They're all in the same, if you will, nuclei or bubble together. But sometimes just because all the right ingredients are there doesn't mean everybody knows how to use the ingredients properly. You know, I could come into this house tonight and I could give you all the right ingredients to bake a cake, but if you don't know what temperature to bake it, you don't know how much of each ingredient to make uh, to put in each, each batch of that cake, you might have a really nasty tasting cake when it's over. You got all the right ingredients. I gave you everything you needed, but if you don't know how much butter and how much eggs, if you don't have all the right re ingredients and all the knowledge and all the, 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 the if you will, the, the, the uh, ability to recognize all of that, you can produce a bad cake. Doesn't mean... That you didn't have the ingredients. You had all the right ingredients. You just needed a little bit more than the ingredients to help you make the right cake. The reality of it is the same way with our spiritual journey. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. I can see everything going around. Even when the, old, the, old, the, the song Michael W. Smith made so famous, said, even when it looks like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. There are times I can't see what's before me. I can't see what's behind me. I can't see the left or to the right, but there's a God that's got an aerial view. He sees what's coming across that mountain, and he knows what's waiting in that valley. He sees everything long before it gets to my doorsteps. See, there's a God who knows all things. So people can have all the right ingredients, the right surroundings, the right makeup, if you will, but yet still have detours. They can still have situations in their lives where it doesn't go the way they thought it would go. See, whether it's through ministries like CLM or through a ministry of a church or Celebrate Recovery or whatever different ministries that are out there to help people and their, their, their lowest points or at points of need, you can lead a horse to water. You can't force him to drink it. There's a lot of people that come to church every Sunday. They hear a message from a Pastor Chris or Pastor Tommy or Pastor Mickey, whoever's preaching, fulfilling the assignments of their pulpit at their local house of worship. They hear the gospel. I firmly believe 100% these three men and their churches and their pulpit, I 100% would unequivocally stand before you today and say, I doubt very seriously they preach anything but Jesus. They will preach you Jesus and him crucified. They're not going to preach you some heretical gospel. They're going to tell you the right way. People every week hear the right story, hear the right message, hear about this man called Jesus, and yet every week they walk out as lost as they did when they walked in because they don't want to do anything with Jesus. They come to church, they're there, 
you sit there. The second thing I want to point out to you is though they had the same, if you will, surroundings, they brought separate, separate sacrifices. There's something specific you got to understand about these sacrifices. The Bible tells us Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer, if you will, a tiller of the ground. Cain brought the leftover fruits after he took the good ones. He got all the ones he liked, kept them, and he's like, I'll bring God some of my other stuff. Abel went out to the field. He found a one-year-old ewe lamb, spotless, flawless, pick of the litter, the best of the best, and said God only deserves the best of the best. Both of them come to church together that Sunday morning. Abel brings his, all he has. Abel's bringing literally everything. He's like the widow's might. He's bringing everything. He's giving everything he's got to the house of the Lord. Cain's a multimillionaire, and he's bringing a $5 bill. Come on, preacher. I'm not here to preach on tithing, but for every pastor that's in here, you better. Thank God I'm preaching to your people tonight, and you didn't have to do it. You got multi-millionaires coming to church wanting to give $5, and you got people on fixed income keeping the light bill on. Something's wrong with that perverted situation. It got quiet. I must went to a nominal church all of a sudden. Even my Pentecostal folks didn't say nothing tonight. Great down. See, the reality of it is there's lots of people, when they walk into the house of God, they're not bringing their all. They're just bringing what's left over from their week. Now, Sunday, we ought to, we, you know, we say it's the beginning of the week, the first day of the week, but some of us bring the leftovers from Saturday night's events to Sunday rather than bringing God a fresh dose on Sunday morning. We're just bringing Him leftovers. We're not bringing Him anything good. We're not bringing, we're bringing Him whatever we got left rather than the first of everything we've got. You see, God regards Abel, but He rejects Cain. Abel's acceptance becomes Cain's anger. anger. Cain was not mad at his brother because his brother was a bad guy. He got mad at Abel because God accepted Abel and he rejected Cain. So Abel's acceptance became Cain's anger. Abel was accepted. You see, I want to tell you that unrighteousness will always be repulsed by righteousness. Darkness and light does not abide in the same place. Unrighteousness and righteousness cannot hang out together but for so long because there's going to be a friction, a dichotomy. It's not, if you can go, Lord help me here tonight. God, Lord, I know, I know I'm in a Pentecostal church, but I have more people than Pentecostals here. Don't let me do this. You can't, once you give your heart to Jesus, still do what you used to do. Because if you are, you didn't really get saved. Because the Bible said, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Therefore, I'm a new creation in Christ. If I still have the same desire to do what i always done and still do it, then I really didn't have transformational grace happen in my life. Because transformational grace transforms me so I don't walk in darkness. I walk into his marvelous light. And the reality of it is, is, is that we walk in a day and hour where too many people... They can cohabitate with sin and get complacent with sin and not identify sins in their presence. They can sit in the right, they can sit in a movie and it doesn't bother them with the nudity. It doesn't bother them with the language. It doesn't bother them to what they see. They can listen to songs that God only knows the ungodly filth that they're promoting and saying, and they're like, well, I don't really listen to the lyrics. I just like the beat. That is a lie straight from hell. You do listen to it because your, your brain is like a computer. It then puts everything you hear. And even though you may subconsciously not, re or consciously not think about it, subconsciously it's processing every bit of information. If you don't believe it, just go study psychology. Everything gets inputted in your brain. I'm telling you tonight, you can't just hang out with the heathen and expect to be holy. You've got to learn that there's a differentiation. You've got to separate yourself from God and man. Once you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you have to say, the things of this world, the world behind me, the cross before me. I've decided to follow Jesus and I'm rejecting the ways of this world. You cannot continue to bring the same sacrifice you used to bring. 
See, sin is repulsed by holiness. Now, I want you to look at this real quick. Cain comes to the same church Abel does. They both come to the same church. They come in to present their sacrifices together. They both come to the altar. There's a difference in hearts. Cain comes to church, but he hates the worship. Oh, God, I could go there for a minute. I know this don't happen in Baptist churches. It only has in Pentecostal churches. So all you Baptist folk, y'all just clap because I'm going to preach on Pentecostal people for a minute. Because sometimes in Pentecostal circles, you got folks, and it don't really happen that often in our church, but I have been in churches I've served this happens. You've got a dichotomy. Now, I'm not saying you can't, some people can't enjoy hymns versus people who don't you know, enjoy praise and worship or whatever you want to call it. But I've been in churches where I've seen people walk out when a song was playing they didn't like. Walk out. If they ain't singing hymns, I'm not staying at that church. They sang a hymn. But they also sang praise and worship. They sang how great is our God, but then they tagged it with how great thou art. That's all right, I'll come back in when how great thou art sung, but I ain't sitting in there with how great is our God. You see, there are some people, it doesn't matter, you can't please them. You got this, you got 50 people over here that wants the hymns, you got 30 people over here that wants praise and worship, and you got 20 people over here, they don't care what you sing, they can't hear what you said anyway. And there's about 10 of them over here. They hear everything, but they're blind, so they can't read your screen, so they couldn't sing if they wanted to. I mean, you've got all kinds of problems in the house. you got the deaf, the blind, you got them all in there. And you're like, God, can we have a healing crusade to fix this problem here? Cain hates the worship. He despises the altar. But he still keeps coming to church. Why? Because he's religious. His mom and daddy told him, now Cain, every Sunday morning, son, we go to church. Cain, every Sunday morning, son, we go to church. Cain, it was ingrained. Cain did not want to go. But he did because it became a habitual ritual. It was, just, it was just something he was supposed to do. Church should never become just a ritual. It should be something you look forward to, not just at a calendar thing you check off each week. He comes. He completely lost sight of why. The only thing that he was thinking about was what, what it was costing him. He kept thinking, God, i got to come to church. That dumb preacher, he's going to come up there and beg for more money this week. He's going to come up there and say, oh, we got this new ministry, and we got this new opportunity, and he's going to want money. I just gave him $5 last week. Now he wants five more dollars. Good Lord, how many Starbucks is he going to take from me this week? Jesus. No, Cain's worried about what does it cost me? Cain's thinking, this don't happen in Baptist churches, only Pentecostal churches. But Cain's thinking, I bet you that preacher's going to be long-winded, and I'll miss the start of kickoff at the football game. Cain's thinking, doesn't the pastor know that the division over baseball, the Atlanta Braves are playing the New York Mets tonight for the first place of the National League East. It's the only remaining MLB race still going on right now. Does he not realize that it starts in about 26 minutes from now and, and, and we still got to go eat cake and ice cream after this? I mean, he'd shut up. I can make it in time for the first pitch. That's how Cain thinks. Cain doesn't want to be here. Cain just comes because he feels compelled that he should because it's just the right thing to do religious-wise. It's, it's like the idea of well, the pastor's getting all up in my plans. He's wrecking it. See, people get to a point where church becomes a getting in the way and a burden, and we start thinking, well, God, that's kind of, that's kind of asking a lot from me. The altar becomes contemptible to us. We have lost sight of the reason we come. I'm going to tell you something. I'll tell you why we're here. We're here because he saved us. 
And we're here because he forgave us. And we're here because he died for us. We're here because he, he was buried for us. We're here because he resurrected for us. We're here because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And we're sitting here because we're waiting for him to come back and take us back to him. For the Bible says that where he is, I will be also. The Bible says I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. Thomas said, how are we going to figure the way out there? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father. But by me, I'm telling you, we're not here because the Atlanta Braves or the Carolina Panthers or the Gamecocks or the Tigers did anything for you. We're here because somebody died on an old rugged cross. We're here because he saved me. He redeemed me. He set me apart. And one day I'm going to heaven to worship him because God's been good to my life. God's been good to me. You see, I've often thought we're only really looking, if you really look at this, we're taking one day a week, setting it aside, consecrating it to the Lord to say, God, I just want to be here with you. And fellow believers who have been saved like me, we just want to worship you. We're not asking you to come every, every day, one day a week. And, and people still, well, Pastor, I would come, but I hate that word. Just leave the butt out of it. Just butt out that conversation. Just, just leave it out. You see, because there are some of us in our lives, we've been in places where we've had all the right ingredients put in our lives, but sin crouched at our door and started knocking. Just like God said, Cain, be careful, sin knocks at your door. It's knocking. It's knocking. Then what we see is we see a sorrowful sentence. See, something tragic happens in this story. Cain goes a little bit further than what he thought he would go. Because of anger, because of rejection, because of hurt, albeit because of his own self, he created it by bringing an unworthy sacrifice. But, but because of the anger and rejection and hurt of his own doing, Cain allows uncontrolled emotions to forever change the trajectory of his life. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. You think I'm crazy when I say this, and that's fine. You can go back to your local church, Pastor Chris or Pastor Tommy or Pastor Mickey, White, Mickey White's church, and maybe they'll, they'll fix it for you. But, but my folks, you come back next week, you're stuck with me. I'm not leaving. But I'm going to tell you something. You better be careful because anger will cost you stuff more than you want. Anger is a quick way to destroy something you never intended it to destroy. Anger will destroy something just like that. It is vindictive. It is, it is catastrophic. It's debilitating. Cain didn't realize it, but he had got angry. His own insecurities, his own self-made issues allowed him to fall victim to a difficult place in his life. And in a weak moment, Cain walks out and he sees his brother in a field and the anger rises up and says, but God chose you, not me. Without thinking, he grabbed a stone, a rock, and he premeditated, killed his brother. Call it whatever you want to. He murdered his own flesh and blood. Took him out. You see, I want to tell you that sin, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you in places longer you intended to stay. And it will surely cost you more than you ever were willing to pay for it. It will take you down a dirty road. He gets mad at God. God comes down and says, Cain, where's, where's Abel? Cain flares up at God. Who am I to be my brother's keeper? It's not my responsibility. You find him. He's mad at Abel because Abel got accepted. 
His anger, his hurt, his rejections were not controlled. And it led him to a place he thought he would never be. I'm sure if he could stand here and preach tonight, he would say to you, I was standing there in the middle of that field when God walked off that field and he marked me with a mark that said if anybody killed me, it would be avenged to them sevenfold. I guarantee you if Cain was repentant and he came in here and said, listen guys, I stood in the middle of that field and I thought to myself, how did I end up here? I had a brother. I had a mom and a dad. I had a church youth group. I had a good pastor. Now I'm a vagabond. I'm a fugitive. I'm a murderer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a wretched man. He was cursed and he was sent away to a city called Nod. That name, Nod, literally means a place of vagrancy, a fugitive, or a vagabond. He was a man on the run with nowhere to go. He just was running. You see, sin will lead you in places of loneliness. It will incarcerate you. It will incriminate you. It will put you in places, some of you that have been through CLM, some of you that have graduated from CLM and others that have experienced the ministry of CLM. There's been many times I've sat in a room, whether it was at Hannah's house or I sat with the men or, or I've, I've been in a revival service and talked to these fine men and women after the, the services and, and just get to know them. There's been many of them that said, Pastor, there's, there came a point I didn't know how I got where I got. I didn't know where to go. I was at the bottom. You heard the testimony of the night that where sin can sometimes lead you and take you. She didn't know unless she came and snuck in my office and stole my notes. And if she did, she's a thief. But she came in tonight and she told you, she basically preached my message because the last thing I want to tell you is no matter how far sin takes you, there's always going to be a saving son. Because the story doesn't end with Cain. You see, Cain, Cain got driven away. And then because of Cain's decision... And because of Cain's action, it not only cost him, but it cost others. It cost Abel his life, and it cost Adam and Eve both sons when it was all said and done. Think about it. Adam and Eve have two sons, Cain and Abel. Abel gets killed. We're down to one son. Cain's running for his life because he's terrified, so he runs to the land of Nod, so he's a runaway. So by the end of that day, Cain, uh, uh, excuse me, Adam and Eve not only had a murdered son, they had a runaway son. They, they were empty nesters. They had no children anymore. And they didn't ask for this. I don't want you to raise your hand, but God only knows how many people in this audience would be able to testify and say, Pastor, there have been times in my life I looked up to God and said, God, this is not what I asked for. I didn't ask for this. It was the cards that I've been dealt. It's the hand I've got to play, but this was not what I wanted. It's not what I thought my life would be. Cain is off and Nod. Abel is buried in the ground somewhere. Adam and Eve begin to try to rebuild their life together. They start consoling one another and comforting one another. And by Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25, the Bible says that Adam went in to comfort his wife Eve, and she conceived. This time she bore a son, and she named him Seth. See, you have to understand, Seth was not, in biblical days, they named children with significance. Seth was just not something she picked out of the yellow pages of a baby book. She, she knew what she wanted to call him, because Seth's name means the appointed one, a place, a substitute, a replacement. So when she named Seth, what she's saying is, I may have lost it all, kind of like Job and his family, I may have lost it all, but God has sent me a recompense. God has sent me a replacement. God has sent me a substitute. 
And out of that lineage of Seth, there would come day, one day there would come thousands of years a man by the name of Jesus Christ. Then his lineage would track all the way to a guy by the name of Seth. The Bible says that, that, that Jesus Christ became the second Adam to try to reconcile us back to the Father the original way it was supposed to do. Just like God sent Adam and Eve, that son, that saving son Seth, to encourage them, to let them know he hadn't forgot about them, to give them a replacement son, a substitute son. The Bible said that Jesus, God's son, came down. He was appointed unto man to die. He was appointed from God from heaven to come down and be the perfect Lamb of God. He was placed on this earth wrapped in carnality and he became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory the glory of the one and only begotten of the father full of grace and truth he also became a substitutionary atonement for me he became the lamb of God I couldn't afford to pay the price I didn't have enough money to buy it I didn't have enough righteousness to obtain it because my righteousness was filthy rags before God but he came down from glory and he went to the old rugged cross and he wrapped himself in my sin he wrapped himself in my my transgressions and became a substitutionary atonement between God and man and he saved me because of the redemptive work on Calvary's cross he gave us access to God Miss Carol as you come he reconciled us back to the father can I tell you tonight I'm done we may not always know how did we get here you can be comforted by the words this pastor is getting ready to tell you tonight. You may not always know how you got here. But be comforted knowing that we have a Savior who does know how you got here. And through His grace, love, and mercy will lead you back home to the Father's house. You might say, Pastor, I feel like that prodigal son in the pig pen. I feel like that wandering vagabond. I feel like that fugitive on the run. <laughs> you came to the right place. Here in the Father's house. You came home. We have a coin phrase around our, our campus here that we always tell people if the first time they're a guest, we, we thank you for joining us. And if they're there the second time or anywhere after, we tell them, Welcome home. Your family now. Doesn't matter if you go you know, visit three other churches, you keep coming back every so often, you're part of our family. You're just the crazy uncle who can't decide where he wants to be when he grows up. But you're still family. Everybody's got some. The reality of it is this. You may not understand how I, you got to where you are, but through ministries of CLM and other ministries in this, in, the, the, in this community and pastors and things like that, you may not always know how you got to where you got, but I'm telling you, God always knew where you were at all along. He knew how to find you, and He knew how to get to you, and He knew how to make sure He gave you a pathway back to the Father's house. Before you leave tonight, I want to leave you with this as a, as a mode of prayer, if you will, some churches call it a benediction. Some people call it a response, a time of response. You can call it whatever you want to. I've often told my church that I serve at here, God's church, the church I serve at, certain things about the Christian faith and the Christian walk of life don't, I don't say impress me anymore, but they just, I don't want to go through motions anymore. If people aren't getting saved, I'm not doing my job. If people are not, if their lives are not being changed, I'm failing on my job. Because God didn't call me to sell you car insurance. Call State Farm. They got a good rate. God didn't ask me to be a mechanic. Because I'd blow up your car before I'd fix your car when it's all said and done. God didn't call me to be an electrician. Because I'd either burn the place down or I'd be burned. But one time was burning. 
God gave people like Chris Peagler and Tommy Turpin and Pastor Mickey and others. God gave us assignments. Not that we can't do other little things, but our primary assignments is to tell people how to get from where they are and how to get back to where he is. That's our assignment. Now, I, I don't want to... I know most of you probably go to church. Most of you probably are connected to CLM or some church represented here. But I don't want to assume anything because I told my church not too long ago, I never want to leave a service where I assume everybody is going where I'm going. Because there's people that come to church, but they're like Cain. They hate everything about it. So they're not going, but that might be the night, just might be the night they come. They come home. Here's what I'm going to ask with this body of believers. Put your head bowed and your eyes closed just for... To honor the people that may raise their hands. I wonder if anybody would say to this pastor tonight, Preacher, I'm in a place that I don't know how I got to where I'm at. And I sure you could use some prayers on my behalf that Jesus could help me get out of this place and find my footing and get me to where I need to be. If you believe that there's there's something in your life that you don't know how you got there, but you want Jesus to come and get you out and help you. Will you just slip your hand up? No one looking around. Will you slip your hand up? Is there any? You say, Pastor, yes, yes, thank you. God bless you. Yes, I see those hands. Thank you. Any others? Yes, God bless you. I want to say this before we pray. As your head remains bowed and eyes closed. You may not know where you're at. You may not even know how to tell anybody where you're at. Maybe you're ashamed of where you're at. But I'm here to tell you, God knows right where you're at, and he'll come find you. All you got to do is say the name Jesus, and he'll sit down in the pig pen of life with you, and he'll help navigate you home. He will not leave you or forsake you. He'll keep you right in the palm of his hand. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray together. I'm not going to embarrass those that raise their hand. But every hand, I saw them, but more importantly, God saw your hand. He heard you by a simple act of raising your hand and surrender. It was like telling God, God, come get me. Come help me. Come find me. So let's pray together. Father, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, you have seen the hearts of these people that have raised their hands in this audience tonight. That have said, I don't know how I got to where I'm at, but oh God, get me out of here and help me any way you can. God, there are men and women in this auditorium tonight that no doubt have needs. They have certain situations and circumstances and dynamics in their lives that God that only God can do but we are thankful we serve a God who was not the God of I was but is the God of I am and the God of I will he's not just the past, past tense but he's present tense and future tense he's a God that can never change and he can always meet my need for every hand that was raised God I pray a specific prayer a prayer of faith a prayer of hope a prayer of love a prayer of benediction a prayer of righteousness, joy, and peace. God, I pray today, God, when they leave this place, they can truly say that they have met the Master. And that the word of the Lord and songs of Zion are encouraging to them. Fathers, we may go to and fro our destinations and to our homes and maybe to our other, our local churches into which we serve. We're asking you in the mighty name of Jesus be with us in this place. Father, we will forever give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that is due your name. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. And the body of Christ together said, amen. We have a tradition. I'm going to ask the praise team if they'll come. Miss Sherry, somewhere out here. There she is. If they'll come, Brother Randy, you can come just for a moment. We have a tradition around here.
we do, we like to sing the Aaronic prayer blessing over you before you leave. We're going to ask you to stand all over this evening. We're going to sing this towards you. Pray that God's blessings for you this time. I believe we'll be in the key of G. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you. Can we declare amen to the Lord? Let's sing it together. circle know this but you can join with us in something we do a little different we always proclaim this as our proclamation leaving so will you say this together Lord let the words of my mouth meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight oh Lord my strength and my redeemer can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house <laughs>